All right, so let's do this uh, do this podcast thing again. Let's do it. Yeah, this is actually the first time that we're doing it in person across from one another, so this should be a little more fun, I guess. I know, and honestly, so after our last show, we got talking about it, and we were kind of sounding a little, little preachy, not so much like it was a conversation. Hopefully this helps out a little bit. Yeah, I would think so. I think it's just looking at one another. So, um, so what did we do today? Today was a little bit of insanity. Um, for normal folk like for no, us. For normal folk. For normal yeah. folk. Yeah, so we started out with waking up at 4 a.m., which isn't really out of the ordinary for me. As you know, I get up and do do a lot of training in the mornings, but to get up and go run a long way in the mornings is not something I'm a big fan of. Yeah, like three. I woke up at 3.50 just to make sure I was on time. Because for anybody that doesn't know, last time... Uh, I kind of bailed on Josh. Yeah, that was a dick move. Yeah, well, kind of. But I mean, really, what happened was I just was just sleepy, so I just kind of, I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of stayed in bed. I was just a little tired. I did not wake up. Yeah, I didn't wake up, and he went on to the gym, and I didn't. And I, I mean, I had a real good night of sleep. But this morning, I was like, I'm not gonna let that happen. We got some miles to put in. We got a long journey to get to. So I was like, I, I'm not gonna do it. So I was literally up like every 30 minutes the whole night just because I was. Sleeping. Well, here's here's the messed up part about that is that the last time. I, so, for you know, Eric and I don't live in the same town right now. Um, live about an hour and a half apart. So I was staying in Greenville um, with some family. Me and Eric was supposed to meet at the gym. I don't have a gym membership down here. So, interestingly enough, we went on a run today. You bailed on me last time. I couldn't get into a gym, so I had to go on a run. Oh, did you went on a run that day? Yes. How far? Uh, like I think two and a half, three miles, something. Oh, like that. so a little, a little weak run. Yeah. Uh, no, but so we, I woke up at 3.50 this morning, uh, jumped in the shower. I wanted to make sure I felt good um, before our big run today. So I woke up at 3.50, and then it was kind of interesting. Um, got up, did a good stretch, got dressed, got ready to go, got in the truck, made it to exactly where I was supposed to be at the exact time I was supposed to be there, which was 4.30 at uh, your mom's house where you were staying. Yep. And uh, so then we started, we're like, okay, we need to get some fuel because... We're about to run for two hours, so burn a lot of calories. So, so time to eat. We need to get something. So where our, our plan was that we were going to get there, we can get to um, our running spot uh, at five a.m. and get started run for two hours. So what ended up happening was we didn't get uh, started running because we went to get some fuel, which was a, a nice sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Bam! And uh, nobody was open. Uh, Josh is recording a video, which kind of messed up. That Instagram up story. Sorry about that. Um, so no, but we were we were trying to get some some food. Um, Spinks uh, here in Travers Rest or Upstate South Carolina has the best sausage egg and cheese biscuits. So shout out to Spinks. I still refuse to believe that the best sausage egg and cheese biscuit can come from a gas station. That's because he didn't get to try it this morning. But anywho, so we were trying to find somewhere to get some food. So we were like, okay, we'll just go to a normal spot like Bojangles that has biscuits. Well, they weren't open either. Um, so we ended up going to Waffle House to get a couple sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits. So we had a little bit of calories to burn off on our run. So we got started about 10 minutes late, I guess, about 10, 15 minutes late. Yeah, which ended up, so I had, I set some goals for today's run. The plan was to go run for two hours. Um, uh, but we, the, the overarching plan for today, um, you know, run for two hours, go get a lift in, come to a podcast, uh, we got there a little late. I was hoping to get in 11 miles today. But because we missed some of our running time, uh, I got in 10, which I was still happy with. Uh, the, the furthest I'd ever ran up to this point was six miles. So 
you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about the run later, but the the 10 mile run, I, I swear to goodness, man, my legs are smoked. Like getting in and out of the truck is, is torture right now. Yeah, and I've been telling Josh since we've been riding around, after we left the gym, I left my phone at the gym, so we had to go double back to the gym to pick it up. But it's really been like, after that run, like I, I really thought, well, for one, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could run for two hours straight. Like I was thinking in my mind, okay, I'm going to push myself really hard here, but like if I need to walk for a section of this run, then I can walk and then start running and walk. Because this ultra, like there's going to be a decent part of it where there's going to be some walking involved like we're just not going to run 100 miles straight without stopping so i was like okay so i'll just kind of use this as like a training for an ultra and just walk a little bit run a little bit but then we got started and i was feeling good so i just kept running just going yeah so we went to Furman university uh beautiful freaking spot you know it's a campus here in the upstate of south carolina and basically they've got a lot of the area that's lighted some of the area that's not uh we ran through we started out running in the lighted area, got tired. I mean, as you can imagine, in two and a half hours, making a one-mile loop, it gets tedious to look at the same thing over and over and over. So we ended up venturing out into the dark area, which led to kind of a funny situation. I saw Eric from the other side of the pond, or he actually he called me while we were running and said, hey, I'm over here on the other side of the pond. You know, head this way. So I started running that way and get over there, and I swear to goodness, I thought she was going to be hiding behind a tree and jump out and scare me. <laughs> I swear to goodness, man, I had my hands up. I was ready to throw on you. So what was funny, though, is so he, um, I had already made it past where a bathroom sits. So I had already made it past that, and I would already made it back around to the other side, and he was still catching up. So Josh runs at a much faster pace than I am right now, so he can kind of catch up to me fairly quickly. So we were, I knew he would catch up, um, but I was already getting close to that bathroom when, when I called him, so... Um, and he caught up to me later on. So I was looking for him across the pond to see where he was. And I saw a dude go into a bathroom and I was like, Josh just had to go take a dump. That's what I was thinking. Josh had to go take a dump. So he stopped. So I may end up like catching back up to him is what I was thinking happened. So I just keep running. And then he catches me and I was like, did, did you go to the bathroom? And he was like, nope, no, he, he didn't. So I was like, so this is early, guys. Like this is like five a.m. or like yeah. five thirty, something like that. Something, Forty-five something minutes like, in the run, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Maybe six a.m. So it's like Furman University. They're out for the Christmas holidays. So who is this dude that's going to the bathroom at like five forty-five in the morning on the opposite side of the pond with no lights? Yeah, so, and we never saw. It didn't like we saw other runners out there. We were the only people running. Literally, I don't yeah. think I saw another no, human. Nobody. No, I didn't see. I don't even think I saw a squirrel. Dude, that one freaking statue, though, it scared the piss out of me, man. <laughs> when you talking about when we ran around like the front of it? Yes. Yes. I looked to the right and I was like, "What the?" I was like, "Oh my god, it's a statue." But I was paranoid, like a lot of the running, especially yeah. going in the, in the dark. I was actually paranoid about you. You, I called you. Yeah. I actually called you and said, uh, I told him, I said, hey, man, like, if you're coming up behind me, like, be obvious that you're coming up behind me. Don't, like, run up behind me. And, because, it, I mean, it's pitch black. It's 545. We're at a, a college campus. It's pretty You've much. You've got just, maybe five foot of visibility. Yeah, like, you can't see hardly anything. And I was like, freak, Josh is going to come up and scare the piss out of me. Like, I'm already struggling, starting to struggle <laughs> to run. So uh, I started thinking he was going to do it because it was just pitch black over on the other side. But yeah, that statue. That would have been funny. The statue, that was like 10 minutes into the run, I think. Yeah, it wasn't far at all. It wasn't far at all. Yeah, that thing got me pretty good. And dude, God, it was cold this morning. Jeez, it's like 30 degrees, maybe a little under 30. Yeah, it had to have been, man. And 
so we get going on the run, and I didn't realize this until after we finished the run and you know started doing a little bit of like Instagram story and stuff like that. My I was so I'm wearing a, a toboggan, and I guess the sweat getting wicked out off of my head through the toboggan started freezing. Yeah, I could see it. That's a little nerve wracking. Yeah, that, it was. That's, that's a little cold. Yeah, it was a good run though. I, I oh mean, yeah, we pushed through. Well, and honestly, if we would have tried to do that run in 80 degree heat, it probably went a little differently. It probably would have. So. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed it. I pushed myself. To, I, I did. So the furthest up until this, so I ran uh, eight miles. Uh, Josh, no, you ran twelve thousand kilometers. So it, it ends you, up. You sitting eight, here in your office with an American flag behind you, and you ran in kilometers. So it was eight point zero two miles. So I got this new. So funny story. So um, David Goggins, Cameron Haynes is like two of the big inspirations for us even trying this. So. Uh, David Goggins runs with a uh, a polar heart rate monitor. So I was like, well, I mean, David Goggins is kind of a badass. So if he thinks it's good, I did a run with a heart rate monitor. Maybe I'll work too, too. Give it a shot. So I ordered this polar heart rate monitor. It comes in yesterday. Today's Sunday, uh, December 23rd. Yep. Um, so the heart rate monitor came in yesterday. So you have to do like this weird thing where you pour water on the electrodes. Yeah, I, I, that's weird. Yeah, I didn't really understand it, but it worked. So I poured okay. water on the electrodes, put it on, and it was working. So I was like, okay, cool. So before I left this morning, I went ahead and strapped it up because I was thinking we'll be good. It'll be working. Yeah, fine. I'll run. So we get into our run, and I'm like trying to check my heart rate because so from what I've read and what I've been trying to study to learn more about how to complete this ultra stupid thing that we have going on here. Like, I need to monitor my heart rate and make sure I'm staying in, like, that zone. So, between, like, 140 and, like, 155, 160 beats per minute. So, I start running, and uh, I look down, and there's no heart rate. So, I was like, well, I guess I'm just dead. He's dead. Yeah, I'm just he died. dead. Yeah. So, there's no heart rate. So, I'm like, we're, like, 10 minutes into the run. So, I really wanted, I mean, I was pumped to use this stupid thing. And so, I was, so I ran back by the truck. So I'm like still running in place, trying to keep my, you know, my energy, <laughs> like just still trying to keep moving. So I'm running in place. I grab your water bottle because it's mm-hmm. the only water in the truck. So I'm like dousing this thing in water as I'm like, I douse it in water and then I'm trying to run and strap it on. So the water's cold. It's already <laughs> like under 30. I'm running. I don't like to run and I'm trying to strap this stupid thing. So I get it. I was like, okay, the water on the electrodes, I'll be good now. Still didn't freaking work. So I have no idea what my heart rate was the whole time. I have no clue. So it didn't work. It makes you feel better. I don't have a heart rate monitor. Well, you should get one. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not a polar though. because Or maybe not. I shouldn't say not polar. Maybe I'm just Dude, maybe they'll monitor. sponsor the podcast. Quit talking junk Shout about. out polar, <laughs> polar heart rate monitors or whatever. Um, but no, so I was really wanting to track my heart rate to see, to keep my, my beats per minute. So I wasn't able to do that. So I was just trying to, Josh is... At this point right now, I'm hoping to catch up with him. But at this point, Josh is a much better runner than I am. Um, so my goal was when we left, like I was in my mind, I was like, don't even pay attention to where he goes, how he runs, because you're just not going to be able to keep pace with him. So just run my pace, do the best I can. So I started off at a slow pace, and I felt like throughout the run, I was steadily picking up the pace. And, and my, yeah, my, good. my tracker kind of kept <laughs> up with that. So my first mile was like a like – a, 14 or 15 minute a mile and they progressively got a little bit better i still had some where i slacked off and got a little worse but progressively you'll see my my times were a little bit better throughout Dude, the for me it was and and i don't know I, I i've got to expect that some of it was mental but going so when i hit the six mile mark it was like hitting a freaking wall like it felt like i had cinder blocks on my feet i could barely move 
Um, and like I'd said, that's the furthest I'd ran previously. So I don't know if that was in my head. And right. when Matt Myron went off and said six miles, it just got to me. Right. But it was one of those things where I'm really glad it happened because up to this point, like even running the distances, it's I'm not pushing the pace a whole lot because in a 100-mile race, you it's not like you've got to kind of go out there and try to run seven-minute miles, right? Right. I mean, unless you're Courtney, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, Courtney DeWalter. Yeah. Unless, you, unless you're her and you're just like, we have no aspirations of wanting to win this race. Right. Like, our goal in finish. doing this is to finish. Yeah. Um, and there is a, a time allotment that you've got to finish. What is that? I don't, I it's, I don't remember the exact time. I think it's like 33 hours or something like so, that. I mean, you should be, but, you should be able to finish. So, the way it works out is as long as you keep a 19-minute mile, mile pace, it's 19-something. I'd have to look back at it again. But as long as you keep that pace... Like, you're good. Well, we were going through some steep terrain, too. Oh, dude. I've, I started reading on it, and I hadn't told you this stuff because I don't want to scare you. Well, go ahead and scare me. Dude, like, it's supposed to be insane. Like, so basically, the race is you, and I don't know if it's a mountain. I don't, it's in Dalton, Georgia, so it's going to be some rocky terrain. But they call it the Rock Garden. It's a, a fairly steep climb. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. It's a fairly steep climb, and they say. When you say fairly steep, do you mean, like, straight up? I haven't ran the race. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, but it's supposed to be a pretty decent climb. Like I can, we can pull up the like it shows you on a graph like the elevation changes. But I think it's kind of misleading because I think it's like a eighteen hundred foot climb over five miles or something like that. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But basically, if you and you. Listeners can't see what I'm doing with my hand, but <laughs> yeah, Dash is if you, you guys can't show. see, but he's doing like like a heart up and rate, down, up, up and down, down. Like, like your heartbeat, and that's that's kind of what it looks like. So the first, like, so is there any flat, like real good flat not, running? They well, they so what they say is that. You, well, let me back up. You think we were to pick another race? No. Okay. Like that, I'm not. No. Okay. We, I, just, I was just. We, we was said just, this one. Like it was that's just not. A que- it was just a question. It was just a question. Calm down. So the first part, and I think it's doable. Yeah. The, the first part, though, they say you climb you know up kind of some rocky terrain, and they've timed it out where the start time to where you should be getting to about the top of that, they say it's like an unbelievable sunrise that you get to watch as you're oh, coming really? up over. It's yeah. like supposed to be beautiful. Well, that'll give us encouragement. Like, okay. What time's the race start? Is it like midnight? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Got to be on the starting line by 4.30. By 4.30. So, um, so we need to, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out logistics because, yeah. you know, like we said last time, our wives running the 35-mile version, it's going to be a... It, it's it's going to be a, you know, if we drive one car, which I'm sure we're going to do, right. how do we get to where we need to be? We'll have to we'll work on that. But... Um, we could just run. Yeah, we could just run there. I mean, why not? Um, if you're going to run 100, we're yeah, going to put 115. They did say you can take tents. Camp out. We're not doing that. No. Because <laughs> no, if we go to sleep, then I, there's a good chance that I, I may not wake up. I'm going to just chill out and become a mountain man. That's it. Yeah. But, so anyway, the first part of the race is up this thing, you know, back down the other side. And then I guess there's some state park or some kind of park or something that they've got a figure eight loop in. You run the figure eight twice and then run back the way you came. So, so we, we finish where we start. We finish where we start. Hmm, okay. Um, so it's essentially, a you know, it's a 100-mile loop, and in the middle you run two figure eights. Uh, but I think the figure eights are like... Do they say how many eight stations? Is there eight stations up the mountain? Oh, climb? dude, there's there's tons of eight stations. Okay. There's, I, and I mean, that's a big thing we've got to figure out is like, because you have to supply your own gear and what you want at the eight stations. And no. 
they so they you you can take your own drop bag is what they call it yeah. and you know for anybody that's listening to this that's a ultra marathon runner and we are not we're butchering this <laughs> no disrespect we're just dipping our toes into the water and we're trying gonna to, get it to swim out. we're so, gonna get it figured out if you're yeah. an ultra marathon runner please reach out and give us some tips oh that'd be awesome yeah for sure so my Instagram handle is coach underscore Josh W. Um, yeah, like we'd love feedback, anything like that. I don't know, man. I think it's like Ellison underscore Eric or something like that. I think it's Ellison dot Eric. It may be. Either way, um, find me. I've tagged him in a couple posts. I know my Instagram handle because I, I like Instagram. Yeah. So well, I should be better than that. But yeah, so if you are <laughs> and you have some tips for us, that would be fun. But this is going to be a fun journey, man. Like I, I, I was telling Josh. Before this run, I was starting to feel discouraged because the furthest I'd ever run was a 5K, funny enough, at Furman. And it was like, whatever 5K is, 3.1 or 3.2, we, we yeah. actually don't know. So um, we can Google it. But uh, it was like 3.1 or 3.2. That's the furthest I ever ran. So I put in eight today. So two and, two and a half times. Yeah. That's my, a big jump, man. Yeah. I mean, and so I was pleased with my run. But up until today, I was a little discouraged because I, mean, I was seeing Josh post his runs and I was like this little run <laughs> because he's running like three miles at like a nine minute pace and I'm just not even close I can't do that so I was feeling a little discouraged like do is it realistic without me completely destroying my body is it realistic for me to make this race like can I can I actually complete this run and not be like need to go to the emergency room right after right it was what I was worried about so um, because I've been running like two miles, three miles in the gym and stuff like that, but it's on treadmills. I mean, I try to do treadmill. A treadmill is still easier than outside running. I, but funny enough, like I felt good on this run today. Oh, dude, like, I, I I'm much better outside than I am on treadmill. Like, yeah, so I felt you put me on a treadmill. It's just, again because we were talking about this on the way home from the run. Like I really struggle, really really struggle with running and looking at the same stuff. So if it's like a one mile loop or you know, on a track or on a treadmill where the scenery's not changing, like, I can't do that crap, man. Yeah. Like, it, it mentally, like, I check out, I can't do it. So, like, having different things to look at is, yeah. is big for me. Well, and from the treadmill standpoint, like, it has cushion and, right. like, it yeah. flexes. So, it's not as hard as impact on your knees as, like, right. asphalt right. running or concrete running. So, so, but I was pleased with what I was able to do. So, it's actually given me, like, a, a renewed spirit, even though we're only, like, me, Less I'm like a, yeah, I'm like a week and a half in. I started, I didn't really know I was going to do the ultra. I just knew I wanted to start running. So I've been running for like a week and a half, two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided we were going to run the ultra like Monday. And then, so we've been training for a week. So I was pleased to be able to get eight miles in. I mean, it wasn't at no incredible pace, but I was able to push my body and do a lot more than what I thought, thought I could do. You know, the best part of this though, is that now that you've done eight miles and you know you can, yeah, the the training through the week is going to get a lot better too. Yeah, and I was just thinking like the next the next these got to be fifteen. Like yeah, the next big run's got to be a fifteen yeah. mile run. And we're gonna have to figure out like when we can do like how often we're gonna be able to get together and like do big runs like this. Right. Because I mean, it is the the thing that I think I'm gonna have the most trouble with, like getting through this is finding the time to go on the big runs that I need to go on. Yeah. Like, you know, knocking out five, six miles, you know, you're done in an hour. Like, that's easy enough to, like, find time to do that. But these long runs, it's... Like, when you we know, have to do a 50-mile run. Yeah, like, yeah. So, what we've talked about is our goal is before the before the race, we both want to be able to do it. We want to get at least one, if not two, 50-mile runs. And funny enough, I actually hadn't told you this. I was saving it for the podcast. So I was reading... 
about what you should be able to do to prepare your body for any type of race yep. that you're that you're wanting to do, like a like a big like if it's a marathon or ultra or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what they say the best thing to do is to get your body fully prepared for it is you want to run that race one time before you run that race, but not the full race. So we're gonna run a hundred miles. So what you want to do is run fifty miles one day. Mm-hmm. the next day you run another 50. So you split your race into two days and run those two days or an hour. So if you're going to run 24 hours, yeah. you, you run 12 hours one day, you rest, run 12 hours the next day. And they said, do that one time. So there's going to be a two-day period where I think we should probably do a 50-mile and a 50-mile the next day. Just commit the weekend. Yeah, the weekend's just going. We're just going to run 100 miles that weekend. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I was reading about is what you should do. And yeah. like even like for anybody who's running shorter distances – like 13 miles or 26 miles or whatever. If you're running 26 a marathon, you just 13 one day and then 13 the next day. See, I, like, is that, does that apply to ultras though? Yeah, there was an actual ultra marathon run okay. that, that made that, that was talking about it. It was actually talking about a 100 mile race, like do 50 and then 50. But then they broke it down like if you wanted to do any type of race. So I wonder, and, and this is what we But not close, start. not like super close to that race. That's like, what we I was want about to do to say. It like sometime like months away. Well, yeah, we need to figure out when we want to try to put that date on the calendar because you need to have time to recover from that. Right. And, you know, for the, even for this 10-mile race with where we're at, or 10-mile run, 8-mile run that we did today, like we need to figure out how we're I feel like I need gonna... to go post out two more miles so we can just say 10. You going to go run two more miles? I think I need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what were you saying? No, just like how – so after – you know, a big run, how do you taper back up? You know, do you, you know, almost like in bodybuilding, right, or in, in powerlifting. You go through like a, a three, four week, six week, you know, depending on what program you're running. You go, it's heavy, 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 working on getting stronger, stronger, stronger. <clears throat> and then at a certain point, you need to take a deload week right. where you back off. You know, so I'm, I'm curious as to, and it's, you know, for me, you know, we like we talked about, I, I pride myself in, in knowing what I'm doing when it comes to fitness and things like that, but it's always been more on the aesthetics and bodybuilding side and, you know, even to a certain extent, the powerlifting side. So I'm, I'm wanting to play with these different things myself right. to see what worked better, but I don't know if it's better to, after, you know, so a 10-mile run for me is the biggest I've ever done. Do I need to take it easier over the next couple of days and deload after that? Or do I just keep running ragged until I'm feeling worn down and then take a, you know, a two to three day deload instead of a one to two day deload? You know, it's, it's going to be a, a fun little... So like what Goggin says is like what way he judges it is his rest and heart rate when he wakes up in the morning. Like he'll, he, he puts on his chest strap with, that I can't get working. Polar, if you're listening to this, Eric is a salesman for you. He is trying to sell me a chest strap. Right no, now. I think I'm actually going to return mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's what he says. Like that's how he judges what he's going to do that day. So he'll wake up, he'll put his chest strap on. He said, really, he's done it for so many years now. Like he just knows what his heart rate is, so yeah. he can feel it. But for us and anybody that doesn't been running like that, that would know. He says he just he would put it on, whatever those beats per minute. It would put him in like a zone one, two, three. Okay. I don't know how many zones it was, but yeah. So if he was like in the worst zone, like it, his heart rate was showing that he needed to. He was in like more of a recovery phase. Yeah. Then he would just go run like six miles or eight miles. Yeah. Um, for him. That's... Yeah, for him. Yeah. This, but this dude's crazy. But he was. But if he if his heart rate was like at that rate where it was like you're good, mm-hmm. your body's healthy and ready to go, then he goes out and runs like a thirty or forty. I gotcha. So that's the way he would he would judge it. And then I saw a post from Cameron Haynes where people were acting, you know, 
people always look for excuse. I mean, even me too. I, I try not to, but I mean, it's human nature to like our bodies don't want to do this. Right. Like, you know, we, we want to be comfortable and we have the luxury to be comfortable. So our body's like, why are we doing this? It doesn't really make any sense. This sucks. But, yeah. We Stop. could be watching TV or Netflix or something. So why are we running? Um, but he was saying somebody I posted like, how long do you need for recovery? And like, do you listen to your body? And Cameron's react or reply was, uh, I, I don't listen to my body. I just make my body get out of the way. So if my body's hurting, I just run. If my body feels good, I just run. I just run. See, I, I instinctively I embrace more of that mindset. Yeah, and I, I definitely do at least for this run. Like that's what's hard. And me and my wife was talking about this. Like it, it's it's tough because we have to we have to walk that line of almost causing a serious injury mm-hmm. because that race is going to put us on that line. So we have to be used to that type of pain. Because if we just train like like, even today, like, we could have kept running. Right. Like, there's no doubt that I could have probably put in another seven miles. Right. I mean, we could still be out there running right now if we, I mean, we may have walked and then started back running or whatever. Right, right. But regardless, like, that race is going to test us beyond anything. So, we have to make sure we're putting ourselves through at least as close to what we can imagine it will feel like on that run because, so, it, and that's what we're talking about. So, it's a delicate line, like, I don't want to train so hard to where I create a big injury where, like, I literally can't train right. for the run. But if I train too easy to make sure that I don't sustain the injury, then the odds of me finishing the race are slim. Dude, it's a fine balance, man. Yeah, so trying to find that line of, like, when you should keep pushing and when you should actually allow your body some time to recover. Because we need to feel the pain. Like, it, it needs to hurt. It's got to suck. Yeah, it's like, got to. You've got to embrace the suck. Yeah, so it, it's going to be trying to find that line and pushing our bodies. But, like, we weren't even close to that. Dude, we were talking. Uh, so, going through the day, we did our run this morning. We left there, went to Gold's Gym, got a lift in. And when we were leaving the gym, we started talking that what we need to do is, whether it's once a month, you know, once every two months or whatever, set up a day where we're just going to call, you know, we'll come up with a, a catchy name for it, but basically just today's going to suck. Yeah, the whole day. The Wake whole up. entire day. 5 a.m., start, we run until we throw up, and then yeah. when we're done, we go work out until we throw up, and then we go do something else that's no, stupid. With with no agenda. No. Like, we're it's just sprint, stadium. on the spot. Right. Like, okay, we finished our run. Like, we'll start out, okay, the run's the first thing on the docket. We finished the run. Okay, what feels like it's going to suck really, really bad right now? And probably stadiums will be a good one. Probably, yeah, stadiums are going to suck. Yeah, stadiums I don't like stadiums. Are, I don't either. Yeah, they suck. Well, that's so, we do, do that. Duck walk 100 yards. Right. Yeah, and then just when you finish that Sprints. run, okay, now what's going to suck? Okay, right. go do that one. Now what's going to suck? Go do that one. And we just do it. And just do it. Yeah. And like from a mental – because that's – I mean, I think getting our bodies into condition to handle this race is – Probably the easier part. Yeah, that that's a big challenge. Not to say that it's easy, but it's probably right. the easier part. The the mental side of it of when you because here's the thing like we just ran you know ten miles eight miles. I'm going to put two more miles in today. Screw this. I like it. I like it. So ten miles today. I'm gonna put in two more miles. So today. you multiply that times five. Is as, as hurting as our legs are and all that kind of stuff. You multiply that times five. We're only halfway done. Like, mentally, there are going to be some, like, big freaking roadblocks that we've got to, like, be prepared to yeah. take on. we got to be prepared. Like, we, like I said, we need to try to simulate that amount of pain the, the closest we can so that when we're in that run, we're climbing that mountain or whatever, and we realize, like, 
are like, dude, this is like, we've done 40 miles. Yeah. Like, we've accomplished a lot more than most Americans or humans will ever accomplish anyway yep. by just doing 40 miles. We're good. We could just call it quits. So what is it going to be that's going to push us? Like, no, we're not going to quit, like, to keep yeah. going. And we have to be, I've, I've heard God can say before, like, you have to be able to go into the cookie jar and be like, I'm going to draw on this, or I'm going to draw mm-hmm. on this, I'm going to draw on this, to be able to put, and we have to, I mean, now's the time to build that cookie jar up because we're yeah. going to need that cookie jar in, in that race. It, it definitely ain't the belt buckle you get for completing the race. Like, I no. mean, as, as awesome as, like, a, you know, and appreciative like, as we're going to be of that, and right. like what it's going to mean to us, I don't wear belts that require belt buckles. Is it a belt buckle that we get? That's, I mean, I've seen pick. I don't know if it's just like the winner or if everybody that finishes gets they it. They better give me something. Like you got like something, yeah. Like even if it's one of those little cheap Walmart like ribbons, not ribbons, but like little, like a little yeah, yeah, with the metal on yeah. it. You know, they, they gonna give something. You gotta be. If not, then we'll have something made. Yeah, we'll make something. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it ourselves. So if you own a a uh, trophy store, holler yes, at us. <laughs> let us know. We need something for a hundred mile race. But yeah, I mean uh, that that race is gonna be something substantial. But like. Talk to me about your run today. Like, did you have, you said you hit a wall at like six Dude, miles. At six miles, my feet felt like they had center blocks on. And what I'm interested in, you made fun of like the kilometers, mine tracking in kilometers. Yeah. But what, what, I think honestly that may have helped me because yeah. I don't, I don't know what the ratio, I know like a 5K is 3.12, whatever, right, something right. like that. So I knew when it hit like five, I knew where, like how many miles that was. Yeah. But when it was like one, two, three, like I didn't know where I was. Yep. So I didn't really feel. Feel, feel the, yeah, it wasn't like mile one, mile two, mile three. It was just saying kilometers, and I was like, well, I don't really know what that means, so I'm just going to keep running. So yeah, I wonder if that's not like that's a not trick a bad on your, idea. Yeah, because like you said, you hit that wall at six, which was your most. So I wonder if your mind was like, okay, we just we topped what we've done before. Honestly, I think it was. Like I really do. I think knowing that I had just hit the max that I had ever done, and I still had another you know 45 minutes left of running that we were going to do. Right. Like that was. Uh, it had to have been a mental thing. Yeah. Because I, in terms of leading up to the six miles from like mile five to mile six, like I felt just like I did on mile two. Yeah. So I really do think that it was a mental thing, but I'm glad that it happened because having that mental of like, God, okay, I want to stop and walk. And even we... Yeah, when seven, yeah. seven, what was it? Yeah. Well, just over seven. You said, so, yeah, Josh was running up beside me and was like, hey man, I think I'm going to stop and walk when I get to seven. And I was like, well, how far away are you from seven? And so he pulls out his phone, and he was like, oh, I'm already past seven. Yeah, I was at seven and a half miles. Yeah. And so, then, so I was like, well, just keep pace with me, because I'm running at a slower pace like we've already talked about. Yeah. So I was like, just, we'll just keep pace with me, because I'm running at a slower pace, so just keep yeah. pace with me. So we ran together for probably probably two miles. Uh, yeah, mile really about the last three. Yeah. Yeah, so I finished at 10, and up until the last maybe quarter mile or so, we, we stayed were together. together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at that point, we were running. And honestly, man, you did a – I mean, you kept a pretty pace. decent pace. Yeah, you – we were Because I was probably at like a 13-and-a-half-minute before. <clears throat> then we got together, and you put – so you fell back, and I jumped up a little yeah. bit. We were running like 12 About a 12 – about a tw- maybe even about a 12. I'd have to look at the stats. Yeah. But um, but it was good, man. Um, I think, yeah, I ended up at just under an 11-minute mile pace for 10 miles. Yeah, and I was like 13-something. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, like, if you would have told me, you know, and after this week of running, I felt good that I was going to be able to do 10 at that pace, but if you would have talked to me a week ago before we signed up for the, or before we, you know, we committed to this ultra, right. 
I would have told you if you told me I'm gonna run ten miles at eleven minute mile pace, I'd have told you you're foolish. Yeah, and if you'd have thought if I said I could run eight miles, I'd have said you're like I didn't think I didn't think I could run eight miles until I was at twelve kilometers. Yeah. And I was like, well, I only have point eight to go, yeah. and I ended up just running the full thir- the, the last full one at thirteen. But yeah. I didn't never thought. I mean, I was surprising myself literally every step that I took that I was that I was keep moving. And what was funny, so I was a dummy, and it's like. 30 or under 30. I don't. It was 30 when I picked you up, so I don't know if yeah. it got colder. It's so early in the morning, I don't know if that was the coldest that it got or not. It yeah. was freaking cold. Yeah, it was chilly. Yeah, so um, I wore shorts like a dummy. Yeah, that was stupid. When we got in the truck, I swear to goodness, the thought popped in my head. And I, I didn't want to say anything to him because, honestly, we were... You know, knowing that we were trying to get there at five and, you know, I've got some stuff I've got to do today um, later on. So I didn't want to have to go back to his house and him get pants. So I didn't say anything about it, which was kind of a maybe a little bit of a dick move on my part. A little bit. But we got in the car and he's wearing shorts and I'm just like, dude, did you not look at the forecast? It's 30 degrees. (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? So uh, the thought process for me was um, I was thinking, well, we're going to be running a long way. So I'll just wear shorts. Like my body's gonna get warm and get heated up, so it'll be fine. Well, I was that's not true. <laughs> it don't work that way. No, because I was cold, like cold. shivering when we got out of the truck, I was like shivering. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna run because like I'm shivering. Yeah. So I just started running and I started warming up, but it was funny. So we made like a couple laps around whatever they call it. they they call that little area Furman something. The the uh I forget the mall or something. The mall. Okay. They call it the mall. That little strip we're running yeah, back and yeah. forth. So, uh, we ran that mall a couple of times, and then uh, I went back to the truck to get a swig of uh, water. I think I was what I was. Anyways, when I stopped, you know how you feel like when you when you sleep weird or something like that. Your arm goes to sleep or your foot goes mm-hmm. to sleep. Like when I stopped running, like my whole bottom half of my body, I felt that just shoot through. Like, <laughs> it was like that weird tingling mm-hmm. feeling, like where you couldn't really, like you could feel your legs, but you couldn't really feel your legs either. Right, right. Like the only thing that I could really feel that was hurt, that was like right under my knees on my shins, like right to the right of, or right on my right knee, left to my left mm-hmm. knee, uh, right under, right under the kneecap, as I could feel a lot of tightness in my shins. Um, but other than that, like my quads started bothering me towards like the very, very end. But I was, I mean, I felt good. Well, and that's, so talking about where you were tight, that's a good, a good kind of segue to talk about this is, is different running styles. So the thing that goes on me faster than anything is probably my quads. And I wonder if it's because I do so much like bodybuilding type stuff that I'm a little more quad dominant when I run you know, than necessarily using proper technique or linkages. And heck, I don't even know what proper technique is supposed to be. Right. But so when we run or when I run, I tend to like use my legs and absorb, you know, my, my feet hitting the floor. So it puts the strain off of my bones and off of my joints into the muscles. And Eric, I don't, you know, based off of what you're saying, it doesn't sound like it does that. So I, I didn't feel much of my, I mean, I, my quads were hurt. Everything in my lower body was hurting. Right. To a certain extent. It was just overwhelming in the front of my shins or is with the, where I could really feel the pain. My quads were hurting. My, my calves were hurting. My uh, hamstrings were hurting, but none of it was even close to what I was feeling in my, in my front shins. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a different running style kind right. of deal. Um, but I think 
What I do like is, for one, us running, we're going to strengthen our tendons, our ligaments, you know, and all that kind of stuff and surrounding tissue. But, you know, taking and maybe it's, you know, kind of start tweaking your style a little bit, trying to let your legs absorb the shock a little more. Yeah. Because that's something I know how to train and condition, right? It's, you know, lots of reps. Like when we went to the gym today, the thought of doing legs was not even in consideration. So we just did a quick arm workout uh, that was a little bit of, a little bit intense as well. Uh, we didn't go as long as we probably could have, but again, on, on some little bit of some time constraints today. But I mean, all things considered, it was we put in. It was a thousand eight, rep workout eight, or twelve hundred fifty rep workout. Yeah, we put eight and ten miles in, and then a twelve hundred mile workout, and it was we were done before. Yeah, the, so the workout was basically uh, lap pull downs for fifty reps. Um, what was the next one? Overhead shoulder press for fifty reps. Yeah. Bicep curls for fifty reps. Tricep press downs for fifty reps. You do that all as one gigantic set, and then repeat it five times. Yeah. So pretty. Yeah, it was it was a nice little workout, um, and you know, with us getting into kind of this endurance sport realm, I think that kind of stuff makes sense. But you know, one of the philosophies I have, and and it's really coming from an unguided perspective, but it's something I think that's going to really benefit us. Eric and I was talking about this after we left the gym. Is when it does come time to train legs, and it's leg day. Don't slip or don't sleep on actually still doing strength building works in the low rep volumes, the two to three rep range, you know, for three to four sets because a lot of core strength too. Yeah, we do a lot of core, a lot of core strength. Um, you know, when you're doing squats, you're going to be building your core, you're going to be building your posterior chain, but building that strength is going to make each stride count for more. Right, and then throw the volume on top of that in to help build some of that muscular endurance. And I think that's I think that's the ticket that's going to really help us. I mean, of course, all this is subject to change as right. we get you know four months into training for right. this daggum thing, and and, go on some longer runs. But really, in short, we're going to train our faces off between now and September of next year, and it's still going to suck. It's going to suck, but that's the cool th- like that like this is a good segue. So a lot of people just don't understand why you would even want to do it. Because yeah, like, because there's no there's no like real reason why you would run around 100 miles like it's not like we're making money off of it it's, it's not, not practical like, yeah, it, there's never gonna be a situation in which we need to run 100 miles no. unless like some Walking Dead stuff happens dude that would be awesome yeah like, because then we would be monsters <laughs> like peace out like, run. I can dude, run from these things and I've got like five guns that the government knows about I'm not gonna talk about the ones that they don't <laughs> um, you just kind of did well I, maybe that number zero maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean outside of like something really crazy happening that we're not even going to like really dive into because it's not going to happen but like, there's no real reason to run 100 miles and that, that's what we were talking about on the way to the run is like if, if like it takes a certain type of person to even understand why you would want to do it and if you're not the person that would understand why you would want to do it there's no real explanation on why you would want to do it like it's really just a monumental task yep. can you complete it it's not because we really want to be that strong of an endurance runner where we can no. run 100 miles. It's literally like there's not many people in the world that can run that far and finish it, and we just want to be one of those people. Yep. We just want to put our mind, our body, our our everything to the test. Can we complete a task that big? Right. And we want. And the answer is going to be yes. We just have to train to do it. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. 
it's only going to make sense to a certain amount of people. Like most people listening to this or that even hear about it are like, that's just stupid. Yeah. Why would you want to run a hundred miles? Like, but there's going to be certain people that are like, damn, I like, wish I could run a hundred miles. Seriously. And for me, my motivation in this is it's the unknown, right? Like for a bodybuilding show, I know I can prep, I can get super shredded. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to place, but I know that I can get myself to a peak physical condition to look good on stage. Right. I don't know if I can run 100 miles. Right. But I want to find out. Yeah. And that that constant pursuit of doing something that's uncomfortable, that doing something that is out of the realm of expectation of what you've put on yourself. Right. And accomplishing that. I mean, I think it's it's not only the physical, it translates to everything. Yeah, and that, and that's like that's key to me like I really just want to put like my body and my mind to the test. Can I accomplish the test? Like, am I sound enough in my mind and my thoughts and the way that I can control my control myself? Can I do it? Because it's not like like a like a half marathon or a marathon. Like, and I'm not knocking anybody that does them. Like, it's still, still a, a huge long task. Freaking way. Yeah, to do it. But like, there's people out there that run a marathon very comfortably. Yeah, they'll get it done and they won't be like completely beat when they're done. They'll run it pretty comfortably, and, it, and it's fine. I don't want to train to do something that I can get to the point where it's comfortable. And 100-mile runners from the best runners that I've ever heard speak, there's no part of a 100-mile race that is comfortable. Even when you're at your, like, these David Goggins types, like, 100 miles is still, still tough. So- it's still hard for them to complete. So I know it's going to be hard for us to complete. We can't train enough to make that easy. No. There's no amount of training that we're going to do between now and then that's going to make that race easy. So it makes me like interested. Like I can do everything I want to do to my body, and that race will still suck. And I can't say that about really anything else. Like it may not suck for a marathon if I train to run 75 miles. Right. A marathon is 26. That won't be that tough because I'm I'm used to running 75s. Yeah. So a hundred though, up a mountain. Is going to be is going to be an incredible task, and there's nothing we can do to stop it from sucking. Well, but the best part, and and this is where it sounds so counterintuitive and so so almost sadistic for to have a mindset like this. But I love the fact that it's going to suck for the next nine months to train for. Like we don't really necessarily enjoy running. I, mean, I definitely don't. Hundred no, percent. It's I starting it. to get to the point where, like, I enjoy the way running makes me feel, but I don't enjoy the process of running. I love going into the gym, you know, right. throwing on a couple of plates and pushing it up fifteen times. Right. Like, I love that feeling. I don't really love the activity of running. I'm starting to embrace it a little more. So for me, it's it's going to suck for the next nine months. And then there's that one day where it's going to really, really suck. Right. So it's a, it's like an extended thing. And, you know, so I'm a hunter. I love spending time in the woods and things like that. So one of the guys I listen to a lot is Steve Ranella. And he's got this kind of philosophy that there's a couple of different types of fun. There's the fun, there's cheap fun. Like you go ride a roller coaster and you enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, great. But then there's the kind of fun that, it absolutely sucks while you're doing it. But then for the rest of your life, you sit around with your buddies and laugh at it and talk about it and get enjoyment from it. And that's the more like kind of high quality fun. Right. 
And that's what I keep telling myself and kind of thinking about as we're as we're talking about this. Um, is that it's going to be, this is like that high quality fund that's going to suck for a while. But then at the end of the day, we're forever going to be able to say we ran hundred miles and nobody's going to be able to take that away from us. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just it's so much about like everything that I want to do now. Like I just love challenges. Like it, it's obvious in what I do in, in my business life. Like I just want, like it's weird in the sense of like from the business world, like once a business that I own is like doing well, I lose interest in it because it's not challenging, I guess is what it is. I don't really know, but like I, I love the challenge and I really would just want to be the guy that people are like, the way that I look at Goggins, the way I look yeah. at Joe Rogan, the way I look at those guys that just get it done. I want to be somebody that my son looks to and just like, my dad just got it done. Like yep. just flat out, like he, he ran his company. He was the best father to me that he could be. He was the best husband to the wife. He ran freaking ultra marathons. Like he just did it all. He just pushed his body. I'm just striving for greatness, and I feel like just being able to run an ultra marathon is just like a token on the greatness belt. Well, dude, for me, and kind of on the same same mindset of talking about you know with your son looking up to you like that. I've got two daughters, and you know it's old common wives' tale or whatever that girls end up marrying somebody like their dad. Right. I am very protective of my daughters. Right. I want to make it as hard as it's, freaking yeah. possible yeah, no, for them to find somebody right. like their dad. Yeah, make that make that a tall bar. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, just want to be great. Like, I really, it's just, I, and I think you're you're the same yeah, way. Like, it's, you, I mean, yeah. a, the life is short, man. Why would you yeah. want to be mediocre? Like, by all accounts, I'm a very successful person. I mean, you know, I've got a great family, beautiful wife, you know, make good money, um, all that kind of stuff. By all accounts, I'm a successful person. But at the end of the day, I still feel a little bit like a failure. Yeah. Like, I just do. It's, you know, and I've, I've done some Instagram posts where I've dug kind of deep into this. But, like, I put on this cocky front, like, you know, oh, well, I'm bodybuilding. Like, I'm getting on stage. I'm, you know, I'm shredded. And, like, I joke and cut up about it all the time. Right. Dude, deep down... I'm like the most insecure person you'll ever meet. Yeah, it, uh, Gary Vee said something about that. That, that um, uh, cockiness and arrogance is just insecurity. There's just yeah. a blanket for insecurity. But I, I accept it. I own it. Right. I know. Yeah, at least but you know, I mean that insecurity is what forces me to work like I do. Right. And I'm, I mean, I'm nothing special. I just anybody could do what I do. I just show up every day and put in the work. Yeah, that's, I mean that's it. You just gotta, you just gotta work hard at like. <clears throat> I don't know, like, it's just a task, man. It's just yeah. one to complete that task, and then I'm sure after that one we'll set a new task and oh, yeah. go on to do the bad water 135 or something like that. Well, I was telling Nikki, uh, my wife, that for me, one of the fears that I have about this race, and it's not so much a fear, but it's, uh, I don't really know how to, it, it's a concern to a certain extent, is that I'm going to get hooked on ultra marathons. Right. And I'm doing the 100-mile race this year. Right. And within the next couple of years, I'm going to sign up for the Moab 240. And that 500-mile right. race, they can go kick rocks with that. <laughs> I don't have any interest. Like Your old Courtney, she'd be out yeah, there killing I don't know that I have any interest in even considering something like that at this point. And I may, you know, heck, I may run the right. ultra and say, all right, that's good. Like. Yeah. Or because, just consistent, just run more ultras, yeah. just more more 100s. It's more challenging 100s, right, maybe. Right, It's For me, it's a... Like I've I've accomplished a ton in my life, and I full heartedly accept that. But I can't look to anything in my life where I, it was 
okay, that was great. Like yeah. that that you know maybe not that is a hundred percent greatness, but you're painting with a greatness brush. Right. You know? And for me, this is one of those that yeah. And I mean, there's people out there that you know have ran the 240s that have ran longer that have ran a lot faster than we're gonna like I completely get that I'm not yeah even if we accomplish you know when we accomplish this 100 mile race right we're not in the upper echelon by any stretch no but that's great yeah to me it is and and like the biggest thing for me like I thought about it the moment we took off running I was like I've always been the worst like I've always, I've never been the best at anything that I've tried. I never, it never, nothing's ever come natural to me. So like going back to playing baseball, I was short and chubby, uncoordinated. Like I wasn't very good in baseball, and I just freaking worked and worked and worked. And for a section of time, I become probably the best player on the team. And then, you know, as we started going into the upper ranks, I just was mediocre. I just didn't have the same talent some other people have, which is fine. It, it is what it is. And then. Going in high school, buddies that we were going into the weight room, like I was benching 95 pounds, and they were doing like 145. So they were always stronger than me. And then I worked and worked and worked. My senior year, I was stronger than every friend that I had that I was, that was stronger than me when we came into freshman right. year. Uh, obviously, there were still people stronger than me. but And then coming into the business world after not doing very well as an employee – then coming into the business world and then just nothing but failure. After fail- for years, it was just nothing but failure. And just kept working and working and working and finally got some stuff figured out. And now, you know, I would say that, you know, I'm running a pretty successful company right now um, with me and my partner. Um, and then to look at this and we take off running today and then it's right back to the same thing. Like, I'm the, not the, I wouldn't say the worst because obviously there's worse runners out there. But for all, you know, it's basically right. me and you and I'm not I'm not even close to your pace right now. And it was like, I just went right. I just was thinking about it like back in that mindset, like. I'm not the best, but dude, that's motivation. Yeah, I just, but I, but I've consistently done it though. I've been not the best, and then I've worked and became the best. So like seeing you run ahead of me, at first I was thinking I was getting discouraged. I like I would be discouraged by it, but I was like, I'll get there because oh. I've consistently got there throughout my whole life. People have always been better than me, but I outworked them and I called up, and then the same thing. I'm just gonna and and. You're probably the hardest person that I'm ever going to have to outwork. But I'm, I'm going to make go, it hard. You trying to catch me? I'm going to make it hard. But, but that's that's what a training partner is supposed to be, right? right like yeah. if it's in the gym, if it's running, if it's anything, like having somebody that you do something with is supposed to push you to the next level. Right. Like otherwise, why are you wasting your time? With right. Them, right. Like for me and you, it's a little different. Like you know, not saying it's a waste of my time me training right. with you. Like I don't mean it like that. It's for me. It's the challenge, knowing the work ethic, know you're coming for me. Right. This challenge is motivation enough in of itself. Um, And and I think it comes from different places, too. Because I get motivated when I see, like, some people make fun of it, but I don't at all. Like, when you go into the gym and you see somebody that's, like, severely overweight, and they're just grinding away on the mm -hmm. treadmill. Like, they're just pouring sweat. And, you know, you look at the time where they've been on there for 57 minutes. And they put in like 1.7 miles and they're just walking. They're, yep. Like, I'm motivated by that. Like, yes. Because regardless, like, yeah, I may be able to go out and run three miles and it not be that tough right now. But that dude's still freaking pushing. Yeah. Am, I, am I pushing? Because we're in two different spots on how far we can run distance-wise. 
but is he pushing harder than right. me? Right. It's like, RP, do I, yeah, rate do, of perceived exertion. Yeah. Do I, am I am I giving the same amount of output when it sucks as he is? Yep. And honestly, sometimes the answer is probably no. I mean, those guys are pushing. Yeah. So even if you're running a better pace than me, sometimes maybe I push a little further than right. You know, right. than you. And like you said, like if you had been on the other side of the pond this morning, you may have, after you saw seven and a half, you may have walked. Mm-hmm. But because we were side by side, you were just like, okay, yeah. well, I just I'm not gonna walk. I just keep pace with him. I slow it down a little bit. Right. Try to get get my feet back under me real good, and then you ended up yep. taking off a little bit later on in the run, but. Yeah, man, I think today was successful. It was oh, everything it was I wanted it to be. It was huge. I didn't. I did not expect to get eight miles in. Yeah, today was a absolute huge accomplishment. So, what's the next one? What's the next one? How many miles? Oh, well, we're gonna have to look at the calendar, see how far we're out. We're pushing it. Well, how many miles? Uh, let's call it at least fifteen. Fifteen mile run next yeah. time. Fifteen. And that's mile. if we go within the next couple of weeks. If it yeah. gets pushed out beyond that, then Maybe we got to we got to make the number bigger. Yeah. But. As long as within... No less than 15 on the next one. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. No less than 15 on the next one. So the next podcast, don't know when that'll be exactly yet, but uh, the next time that we're probably doing this in person will be a 15-mile run, lift, and then podcast to talk about that 15-mile run. So we're just going to continue to push the envelope, push hard in the gym, push hard on our runs, getting ready for that stupid 100-mile race. Dude, it's so exciting, man. It's It's going to be a blast. I was actually, before we get off here, I was watching a video about a guy... That, uh, similar to us it was a buddy and they were just good friends growing up and they ended up training for a 100 mile ultra and they they kind of documented the whole thing dude they were like struggling like the dudes i think he was like tearing tendons or something like that he would i, I can't remember what they said but he was struggling he was struggling and they it, it, towards the end of the race they were like you're not going to make time yeah like you have y'all are walking like a 30 minute mile right now is what you're walking and that's another thing you hear people say I don't think you really understand, or, and I don't even understand, but I don't think that. When people are like, oh, well, if you're just going to do 100 miles, it's got to be 36 hours, less, 19 minutes. You could just walk that. It's not as simple as just walking no. that. Like, if you walked that long, that far, ever before, like, so it's not going to be as simple that. So this guy, he has, like, I think they have, like, 30 minutes to finish, and they're walking, like, a 30-minute mile, and they have two-point-something miles to go. And they're like, you're not going to finish. Like, right now, you're not going to finish at this pace. So, he's walking backwards to take the stress off of his quads. Yeah. So, he's walking backwards down the mountain. And they tell him that. And he's like, so, excuse my language. But he was like, well, fuck this. I'm running then. And just takes off. And then his buddy was like, well, I guess I'm running too then. And they and they ended up finishing the race with, like, three minutes to spare. Oh, that's awesome. So, they ended up finishing the race. So, that kind of was an inspiration to me. Like, just seeing guys that struggle to do it. We're going to struggle to do it. But just seeing that so many times over again, it, it makes me confident that we'll get through that race when it comes. Heck yeah. Dude, Under Armour, hit us up. Yeah. This would be a heck of a story. Hey, heck, Nike, Adidas, yeah. anybody. Heck, Reebok, I know you had a fallout <laughs> and you got some bad press with the UFC sponsorship deals and all that kind of stuff, but we'll, we'll bring you back. Yeah, come on. Just help us out. <laughs> give, give us some training clothes at least. My, my nipples were getting a little Dude, that, that's something I did not expect. I mean, I knew for like the 100-mile races and stuff. Dude, my nipples, especially my left one, I don't know why. What? How, long, how far in the race did it start hurting? Like or the run? six, seven miles in. So about like when that. we got yeah, about when we got back together. It started hurting. Like, I don't know. I, I did not expect it, but for longer runs from now on, I don't know if it's band-aids. I don't know so, what the ticket is, but they're going to have to. Luckily for me, because I didn't need any other distractions other than my legs hurting. I didn't have any other parts of my body start to bother me. So, But yeah, man. All right, well, let's, let's end it on nipple talk. We'll end it on nipple talk, man. <laughs> Until next time, people. We'll see you.